This is the Keep Them Healthy with Jamie podcast. Season two is here with a focus on women's health. Don't forget to share and rate this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Keep Them Healthy podcast. This is your host, Jamie, and we are on episode number two with Jenna Bundy. Jenna, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Jenna, we're going to get right into this. We are talking today about um, life changes. In particular, we're talking about motherhood. And I would love to ask you as a uh, mental health therapist that you, how do you help a client who has come to you postpartum expressing that they have anxiety and depress- depression? What is your step-by-step process that would, you would use to help them in their therapy? Sure. So the first thing I would do would be want to want to de-escalate the situation, right? So you're often coming to therapy with a lot of high emotions, your anxiety is kind of ramped up, um, or your depression, depressive symptoms feel very um, prominent in your life. And so the first session, I usually want to hear what's going on and then give them some tools so that they can go home and experience a little bit of relief, right? So just some really simple tools. Um, like an example would be using your five senses to notice the things around you and practicing mindfulness, um, which is simply the practice of being present. Also, some breathing techniques are also really helpful. And I often give those to clients just so they, they can go home and experience a little bit of hope. Because if they go home and don't feel like anything changed and they have no resources, it's really difficult to feel like, okay, I can get through this and like I can, I can experience something better than this anxiety. Anxiety is a, um, a very intense feeling. And a lot of time it's very cerebral, all the storylines that are circulating in your brain. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about um, acknowledging your five senses and you talk about your breathing, um, when you're being so cerebral and you're circulating and ruminating and the anxiety is just taking off in your brain, it's so important to come back to your body. Yes. Your brain can go future and past but your body cannot, your body is here. And so mm-hmm. to reconnect with your body, I think that's super important postpartum in general, because your mm-hmm. body has gone through a big change. I love that term de-escalating because when you are anxious, you're feeling firing and all cylinders all up in there. Yes. <laughs> so you're trying to come back down, reground yourself and find hope in the fact that your body is not going to do this swirling forever and that yeah. you, you can find tools. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's really good. Control over it. Like you can take control of the anxiety. Right. So, okay. So you use some um, deep breathing and mm-hmm. we do the uh, meditation of like, or mindfulness, I guess I should say, mm-hmm. of the senses. What am I seeing? What am I hearing? What am I smelling? And like reconnect to, to in real time versus staying up yes. in the storylines. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So continue on. So yeah, that's so, the first session. Okay. And then, and also I would say like in the first two to three sessions, like, I do a lot of like normalizing the emotions. Um, and the experience of the client, and then also um, educating them on like, what is anxiety? What is depression? What are some of the things that are scientifically proven um, to work in reducing the the intensity intensity of those symptoms? Okay, because depression and anxiety don't just like flip a switch and go away. It's something that we're often dealing with throughout our life. Um, that doesn't mean we're going to be highly anxious all the time. But when we learn how to manage that, um, manage those symptoms when they do come up and feel very intense, we're able to manage them quickly and bring ourselves back down. So educating people on what is anxiety, what's postpartum anxiety, and same with depression and postpartum depression. Um, 
How are they different? How are they the same? What do they look like? What is your body doing that is kind of exacerbating these symptoms? And how can you change some things within your body uh, and your routine to lessen those symptoms? So what are some common symptoms that would um, show up to basically your body's response to your anxious feelings? What what would be some Mm -hmm. body symptoms or or behaviors? um, So one would be like decision fatigue. Um, When you're really anxious or depressed, it can just feel completely overwhelming to make any decision, even as something as simple as like, um, am I going to put mascara on today or not? Like, (laughs) um, it can just feel like completely overwhelming. Um, Another one would just be if you, a lot of times with anxiety, you'll start to sweat. You'll start to maybe feel like your skin is tingly. Um, you won't breathe as deeply, which is a big problem because then oxygen isn't getting to your brain and you need that to be able to think logically and rationally and to kind of control those emotions. Um, so if you notice that you're taking really shallow breaths or you're holding your breath, um, that's a sign of like, okay, I need to put my feet on the ground, put my hand in the middle of my chest, take some deep breaths. And, um, I think another one would just be the lack of, of motivation to, to get out of bed, to do what you need to do, or finding a lack of joy in what you're doing. A lot of, all of those are signs of depression and anxiety. Um, I know you'd ask for more bodily symptoms. I would say like the most common bodily symptoms are really like sweating, skin tingly, feeling flushed. Um, your heart racing is a big one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so then that would be like a, a way for you to to stop and notice and say, okay, I'm I'm feeling really anxious anxious right now. So now I need to figure out what I want to do to to kind of stop it in its track. But mm-hmm. then, as a therapist, how do you break that down and find the find the underlying story as to why this is causing you anxiety? Yeah. So all of that usually takes maybe two or three sessions different for every client, but I pretty quickly try to like introduce core beliefs and exploring what those are for each person. Um, And that's the ongoing lifelong process really Um, because core beliefs are things that we have, they've been so ingrained in us from the time we were young children um, and could be a core belief because of a single experience. And we have now said something or taking that to be truth about ourselves. So I want people to start to think about what are those core beliefs? And the way we do that is to start um, recognizing the thoughts that we're having and the words that we're saying to ourselves, right? Like it's not just that I feel um, angry or even disrespected. There's a message that I'm telling myself in this moment that is causing that emotion of disrespect or anger. Um, and so we start to work through, okay, um, can I get down to that second level emotion? Can I start to think about what are the words that I'm telling myself and are they a lie or are they true? Because the problem with um, core beliefs is a lot of them are lies, but they're disguised as truths because we've lived with them for so long. So um, we work on recognizing the thought, recognizing triggers, because we all have triggers and a lot of them are pretty... um, have a lot of patterns in our lives. 
So when we start to recognize the patterns of what things might be trigger triggers, we can kind of prepare ourselves of like, hey, I'm going into this situation and it's probably going to trigger some anxiety for me or some fear. How am I going to prepare for that? Right. Uh, Interesting. So what are some common core beliefs that you would that you come across when you talk to uh, postpartum postpartum moms in general? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I would say one that I hear probably most often is that um, I am not good enough to be a mother. I can't, I can't like intrinsically, I am not good enough to take care of this child. Um, Or I'm a failure. That's another one that's really common. And I say common not to invalidate it, but to let women know that you're not alone, that a lot of people feel this way. Um, But don't talk about it because we hide it with all the things that we do and say to seem okay to the world. Right. So with feeling like a failure Mm -hmm. as a core belief, and that's something that we're telling ourselves, how would you change that dialogue in your clients um, as a tool? Like what, Mm -hmm. what would be the new sentence that, or a new mantra when she's starting to go down that route to give Mm -hmm. her as a way to change that from being so negative to positive? Sure. So I'll give like a quick example of a situation. Um, So say that your three-year-old is um, saying that you're disciplining them for something silly. Maybe it's hitting and they refuse to sit in timeout and are just wild screaming, keep getting up. And it takes like an hour to get them to sit in their three minutes of timeout. Uh, You might walk away from that saying like, I was a complete failure. My child is out of control and I'm not able to, I can't even control my own children. That might, those might be the words that you're saying to yourself. So I would encourage clients to say like, okay, what was the trigger here? Right? Like you couldn't control a situation, right? That little person has a mind of their own. They've got their own body and they're still learning how to manage it. Um, and then I would say, okay, so that was the trigger. We already know the the thoughts that went through your head, right? That was, I'm a failure, can't control my child. Um, I'm not a good parent. And then I would say, okay, what is the new belief that you want to have about yourself? So we have to literally come up with a new message that you're going to tell yourself. And that might look like, um, I sat with my child for that hour. Like, I'm a good parent. Because I sat with them through their emotions. I didn't abandon them. So it could be something as good as like, I am not a failure. I'm a good parent that knows how to handle her own emotions while helping my child manage theirs. And then the hope would be like, when you start saying that to yourself enough, you're going to experience a new emotion. It might not be of, wow, that was the most amazing day of parenting. Like, I'm awesome. But it might be like um, a sense of, pride or peace that you aided your child in a really important step of growth. It was hard, but the fact that you didn't abandon them in that is huge. That's great advice. And because it's so easy to get 
fire red when, especially when you're trying to discipline your child and you're trying to be disciplined in a constructive way and showing them, okay, if this is what you're going to do, then this is the consequence. And to get them to that consequence, sometimes it doesn't always align perfectly. You're saying you can't control every aspect of your child, but Mm -hmm. like you're saying, if you look at that situation and you focus on the failure of the consequence going into alignment right away versus we just dealt with a difficult situation together Mm -hmm. and we didn't bail on each other. It wasn't easy, but we stood through it together. And by the end, we were able to unite through this process. And I think as a parent, if you sit in and if you expect that everything your child's going to do to just be like, quick, they do it perfectly the way you ask them, you're going to feel like a failure a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. So with kids, especially it's like sitting with them, even in the hard times, that's parenting. I love that we're changing that story to be like, if I just sit here, if I stay calm and I stick to what the consequence is and we just push through this, that is a good parent by never giving up and by supporting Mm -hmm. them, even when they are feeling all sorts of feels. And that's what we want from our partnerships. And that's what we want for our kids. So thank you so much for that. I love that take on parenting and failure. Um, So at the end of this though, um, what is your hope for all women who are new moms as they're learning their new roles? as mothers or like, what, what is your hope or what is your advice for them? Yeah. Um, I think I really want people to know that it's okay to not be okay. And especially as new moms to have this sense of experiencing anxiety and even some depressive symptoms is normal for new moms. And it doesn't feel normal because it's not what we expected or hoped for. Um, so knowing that you have resources, um, reaching out to people that are that you trust, whether that's just your partner, whether that's a close friend, knowing that those resources is there and that you're not alone um, because your friends may not be talking about it, but I guarantee they've experienced it to some extent. Um, So I just want people to realize that this is a normal, these experiences of anxiety and depression coming into motherhood are really normal and um, that you can have power over that. It takes some practice and you can do it like you can have power over that. Vulnerability, vulnerability is a powerful tool to connection with other mm-hmm. people. Yes. It is not easy to be vulnerable. It's not no. easy to show or to say, Hey, I'm struggling right now. My body is freaking out. I'm mm-hmm. unhappy, whatever that looks like. And to say that. And, but what's interesting is that once you open that door to that connection with that other person, then they put down their walls and open yep. up their doors to allow you to be like, you know what, I I don't feel that way right now, but I experienced something similar and this is what I did. And then maybe they can give you some tools and tips, vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think talking about these things and using resources like seeing someone like Jenna or another um, therapist is super helpful to help unpack yourself, but, and teach yourself about what storylines you're holding on to and things that maybe you never even have noticed have been affecting you until you had this new life change. So Mm -hmm. Don't give up on yourself on that for sure. And um, Jenna, I just want to say thank you so much for your take today. And this is just an important conversation because I think across the board, life changes can be scary and we are expected to just show up and knock it out of the park. And you know what? We can do that, but sometimes it comes with some obstacles. And my favorite thing when I talk about obstacles is with obstacles comes opportunities. So if you take it like that and instead of panic and upset and 
you know, I'm a failure and all these things. Use it as an opportunity to learn things for yourself that you can eventually pass on to your children as coping skills and all of that. Um, things will be okay. Thank you so much, Jenna. Thank you. And listeners, as I always say, you do you, stay well, and keep them healthy.